Cleveland Schmooze is sponsored by the Cleveland Jewish News. Get the latest news and information from the Cleveland Jewish News delivered right to your inbox. Choose from breaking news, daily headlines, community life cycle notices, arts, events, highlights, and more with our free e-newsletters. Sign up now at cjn.org slash e-signup. Welcome to Cleveland Schmooze, a bi-weekly podcast about the people who make up Jewish Cleveland. We're your hosts. I'm Rachel Rude. And I'm Robin Rude. This week, we are talking to the co-owner of Stone Ovens Wholesale Bakery, Esther Grant, who runs the business with her husband, James. She told us about having a bat mitzvah at age 40 and how her family landed in Cleveland after many moves. In keeping with social distance guidelines, we spoke with Estra virtually through FaceTime. Esther Grant, thank you so much for joining us here on Cleveland Schmooze. Well, thank you for having me. First of all, how have you been during the pandemic? Um, you know, it's it's still sometimes I was talking to a friend yesterday, like sometimes I still feel like I'm in a science fiction movie and I can't even mm-hmm. believe what's happening. We yeah. our business, we are, you know, we're hanging in there and we're, you know, so proud to be able to still be able to supply bread to the, our customers who need it. Um, mm-hmm. We, you know, our thank God our families remained healthy and our employees are healthy and we're just doing what we can to keep going. That's great. Good. Well, we'll get into your um, business in a little bit, but we like to start every episode by just asking people to tell us a little bit about their Jewish upbringing. Yeah, so my Jewish upbringing, um, it's, I was kind of thinking about, you know, what to talk about. It's, mm-hmm. I, I grew up in Atlanta and back then it was Jews were very much in a minority. It's changed quite a bit since then. So I was one of the only Jewish students in my school. Um, we were secular Jews. So I never, ever went to synagogue, but we you know, stayed home from school on Yom Kippur, and Rosh Hashanah. We fasted and we did Passover and Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. But really until college, it wasn't until college where I started to get more involved in my Judaism in more of like a spiritual and an educated way. Mm-hmm. Where did you go to college? I went to Northwestern University. So you went from a non-Jewish area to like Chicago, which is, yes, you know, it's it was, well, I mean, I, it's so funny because I was starting to think, you know, one of my goals, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's a great school and I loved it, whatever. But one of my goals was to get out of the Bible Belt, which Atlanta really felt like back then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just I really wanted to go somewhere where I wasn't just sort of the 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 outsider. I mean, I had a few Jewish friends growing up, but I always had to explain the holidays to my teachers. And I just always felt like an outsider in some ways. I mean, I had Mm -hmm. wonderful friends growing up, but I just felt, you know, I always felt like I'm the different one. I'm the Jewish one. And then at Northwestern, I met a lot of other Jewish people and I um, started going to services on the holidays. Then I met my husband. Of course, then, you know, I, I met him. And when we started dating, I started getting more involved in Jewish life. And as we dated and then in the early parts of our marriage, we started going to services and he would explain things to me and I would got more and more comfortable. But I always felt kind of like I just sort of came to the game late. Mm. And so it took me a while to really get comfortable. But, you know, over mm. the years, we I'm kind of jumping around here, but we lived in a That's bunch okay. of different, so 
so basically, you know, so we started like we we met in Chicago. We moved to New York City. To um, even more Jews. <laughs> yeah, more Jews. Right. <laughs> and then um, my mother-in-law is incredible. We started, we would go to services at her synagogue in the suburbs. And she was so good about explaining things to me and never making me, I never felt like I was asking stupid questions, you know, because I didn't know anything about the services. Or I didn't know how to read Hebrew. I didn't know anything. So where in New York were you? So my husband and I lived in the city and my mother-in-law is still in Westchester County. Um and so we, uh, she was in Hastings then. And um, again, we, you know, I just started gradually getting more comfortable in my Judaism and my learning. And it was mm-hmm. something that was always really important to me. I was very interested in. What was your husband's family, just out of curiosity? What did they, what did he grow up as? He grew up a reformed Jew. Mm-hmm. And he, his family, in fact, his parents were the founding members of their synagogue called Beth Shalom. And um, so they were super involved. And he did all those things. He had his bar mitzvah and did all those life cycle things. It's a wonder. He has a yeah. wonderful, mm-hmm. very strong family. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to ask if you got bar mitzvah. That is a great question. <laughs> the, the short answer is yes. So wait, I'm, I'm just stuck on what decade what year are we talking okay 70s 80s okay so growing up in atlanta and like the kind of my you know teenage years and and younger was the late 70s early to mid 80s and then um graduated college in the late 80s and then new york city was like in the very early 90s um and then it it just kept evolving so then we moved to james and i moved to atlanta and a great way to move back to Atlanta because for a, for a oh. job that I had it was a wonderful opportunity. And, and then a great way to meet people, of course, is to get involved in the synagogue. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Rabbi Weiss uh, was a rabbi in Atlanta. Oh, from B'nai Sharon Synagogue. Oh, interesting. Now, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the. I, I don't remember the was. synagogue name. Yeah, we were. We belonged to um, Temple Emmanuel in. Uh, in the North Atlanta suburbs. And at that point, okay. the Jewish population was sort of exploding, especially with younger people. And it was right. just a great way for us to start meeting people. And that's where we had our two daughters. Um, and, you know, and so we started them in Jewish preschool. And and again, it was, in some ways it was nice. I still never felt like I totally belonged. Like everybody was super nice, but like sitting there with the prayer book and like, what are people saying? I don't understand Hebrew. Like that was always sort of in the back right, of my mind. Right. So, so as my girls got older, I just started and I got more involved. I started to think about when I was going to be turning 40, like a goal. And my goal, I decided this was like in my, I guess my earlier mid thirties, I thought, you know mm-hmm. what? I think I want to have my bat mitzvah. That would be a great way because oh, I wanted to do it before my children were old enough so I could help them and et cetera. So, right. But at that point, like, I couldn't read Hebrew. I mean, I'd look at the letters yeah. and be like, what are you talking about? I mean, it's really oh my God. kind of... That must have been so hard. Well, it, is, it, it was really hard. But the thing that was helpful is it, as an adult, I realized just how hard it is. So I think it helps me empathize with other people who don't know Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Because it can be very right. frightening in a way. And they didn't have transliteration a lot of times no, synagogues. Yeah, will... Sure, they they had some of that. And, and yeah, as the years were going on, you know, I was learning the melodies. I was singing along. I kind of knew stuff. But mm-hmm. if you're like, Esther, right. read this in Hebrew, I would just be like, 
like a deer in the headlights. It was scary to me. <laughs> so I, yeah. I started taking Hebrew lessons with this wonderful woman, um, Livia, when we, I'm jumping around here. We moved to Fort Worth, Texas. My husband got a great job offer there. We moved there. Hmm. We belonged. And we, what does he do for a living? So at that point, he's the investor relations um, VP for Radio Shack that was based in Fort Worth. Oh. Um, we were very oh, excited. My husband had stock in Radio Shack. <laughs> a lot of people did. <laughs> uh, so we were we were actually really excited to move to Texas. Once you know, there were people like, "Are there Jews in Texas?" Because back then it was this was so this was like in the um, the late night. No, this was in the early two thousands. Um, there was a wonderful, small but wonderful Jewish community in Fort Worth that embraced us. They were so excited we were coming. We were welcomed with open arms, and we belonged to. Mm-hmm. Wow. Also Bethel Congregation there in Fort Worth. And that's where I started taking my Hebrew lessons, um, learning it, you know, very gradually. I never thought I would ever learn it. It seemed so hard to me. And then as we got closer, I also started working with um, a cantorial soloist who's now a cantor in Arlington, Texas. Um, mm-hmm. And she helped me work on my, my whole bat mitzvah um, right. preparation. Did you do it alone or with a group? Yeah. So it seems crazy now, but I did it alone. They were so wonderful at Bethel. They were, they were like, yes, do this, do whatever you want. So I ended up doing <laughs> actually a, a huge part of the service on my own, like nice. the blessings, Good for you. the Torah, the Haft Torah. When you subscribe to the Cleveland Jewish News, you receive 52 issues of the award-winning CJN and 15 total magazines including J-Style, Canvas, and Balanced Family. Try the Cleveland Jewish News for free. Start your six-week free trial at cjn.org slash six free. So my bat mitzvah was very interesting because, I mean, I prepared, I must, I mean, like a couple years preparation, working, you know, weekly with these two wonderful women, learning things, um, learning the trope and everything. And then Sadly, um, we were going to be moving again because my husband, oh. well, because Radio Shack he was not doing great, as yeah. we all know. And he got an opportunity <laughs> right. for us to move to Lawrence, Kansas. So before I left, wow. um, it was right before I left that I had my bat mitzvah. And so my uh, Devar Torah was related to, to all that, to our moving. And, and it, was, right. it, was really, it was really a wonderful experience. And the, the sure. thing that came out of all that was once I went through that, all of a sudden I felt like I belonged a hundred percent. And when I was in the services, you know, whenever I was in services, like I knew everything, I understood everything. It was like such a worthwhile investment to really feel like I belonged. And then the really nice thing that came out of it is I found out that I have um, a, a talent for the trope. Um, so I went on to do many readings of the Torah and I read regularly. I read the Haftorah regularly at Park Synagogue where I'm a member. Oh, and it's nice. just, yeah, it was this wonderful like thing I yeah. never expected. And it's just brought so much to oh. my life to be able to do that. And then also Good the sense you. of understanding. So yeah. I grew up at Park Synagogue. Oh, really? I got, I got bat mitzvah in 1972. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's wonderful. Back in the, I'm old. Back in the <laughs> back in the day, um, they wouldn't let girls get bat mitzvah on Saturday morning. So wow. uh, in my era, we all got bat mitzvah on Friday night. Oh, so I did. I sort of had a similar journey to you. I later, when my kids were starting to get go through the process, 
I went and I relearned the Torah tropes because wow. I never learned them because girls couldn't chant. Right. And then I started reading Torah when my oldest one got bat mitzvahed. Mm-hmm. And oh, then we, we made it a family tradition that any time one of the kids would get bat mitzvahed, we'd all, the whole family, we would take over the service. So the bat mitzvah person did everything and then all of the portions were all read by somebody else. We mm-hmm. even made my husband do it. Oh, um, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that's and he you, had a real bar mitzvah. He was raised reform. We're conservative. Oh. Right. Well, Park was conservative. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah. that's funny that you say that, Robin, because that's kind of what we did for our daughters, bat mitzvahs, yeah. is yeah. that we, we did that. We brought in cousins. My husband is also yeah. very good at reading Torah. So it, it is wonderful when it sort of yeah. feels like a family affair. Um, and I went to Ohio State in the uh, late 70s and... Uh, I felt like an uncomfortable Jew. Yeah, <laughs> so you know I, the feeling. Yes, you, you know because feeling. you turn the radio on and you hear the farm report. <laughs> and you're like, where am I? Right, right. Yeah, and, and I felt like you know we grew up going to Chagrin Falls High School, which is very you know I was the only Jew in my class too, oh, so right. I had to explain all the holidays and that kind of thing. My mom would come in to our classrooms and my grandma and they'd make latkes and none of the other kids knew what Hanukkah was. And, you know. Right. Yeah. You know exactly <laughs> right. where I'm coming yeah. from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so so how did you get to Cleveland? So, um, well, we were living in Lawrence, Kansas, which is a wonderful community, but not anywhere that we wanted to be forever because we miss being in larger cities and we mm-hmm. um, wanted to be. Mm-hmm. We, we really wanted to be a part of a Jewish community. We were driving 45 minutes each way to, to go to a synagogue in Kansas City when we could. Um, so my husband got another job offer with a company um, in Akron, and we were thrilled because we realized we could live in Cleveland, which we were told immediately when we told my sister-in-law, she's like, oh, Cleveland has the most wonderful Jewish community. You're going to love it oh, there. Yeah. And we, we, you know, we came up and, you know, of course, it is the most wonderful Jewish community. And then Cleveland has all these other wonderful things. And we mm-hmm. fell in love with Cleveland. We were thrilled that, you know, mm-hmm. we were able to move here. We moved That's here great. in 2012. Um, and mm-hmm. we have just completely fallen in love with Cleveland. And I don't, you know, people complain about the weather. I don't, whatever. I think it's, there's so many wonderful things <laughs> here. I don't even think the weather is that bad. And I grew up in right. the South and I really don't think it's that bad. Well, right. um, I feel like, especially since 2012, it really isn't that bad. No, I mean, this is where everybody's well, going to come because we have the Great Lakes with the fresh water. That's so. right. Everybody's coming that's here. Right. But like I just the, want, I just the winters just... from my childhood were like way worse than they are now. Well, that's what I've heard, except we were here for the polar vortex. So we did have, uh, yeah. So we did okay. get that. And even with that, I will say, I mean, just looking outside now, I, you know, to me, the weather's just one aspect of a place and Cleveland is right. wonderful. So, yeah. yeah. So tell us about Stone Oven Wholesale Bakery. Um, so you guys make the bread that goes into the Stone Oven dining. The cafes. Areas. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So the two Stone Oven cafes um, use our bread, but we also sell bread to many other places like Luna Bakery. Oh, um, we sell 
the retail stores like Heinen's. We have um, a, a customer at the West Side Market, Christopher's, who sells our bread mm-hmm. whenever the market's open. You know, we've talked to a lot of people who sell I know. bread. We've talked to Bialy's Bagels. Yeah. Because some of their bagels are in like yeah. Heinen's. Yeah. We've talked to the people behind Davis Bakery. Right, right. Uh-huh. And we've what talked about to... Doug? We and did interview Doug Katz, yeah. Although, I don't know, does he do No, I don't think he stuff? does anything. Well, anyway, just we've talked to a lot of people yeah. who do wholesale stuff. It's kind right. of funny. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> well it's that's a, where the money's being made, in wholesale. Well, it's a it's a nice business. Um, you know, we don't have, like, the really pretty, like, the retail setting where people come in and get a cup of coffee and you can hang right. out. You know, right. we don't have that. Um, we're just sort of behind the scenes. But it really enables us to work with, like, so many wonderful restaurants, which hopefully will all reopen across the city and these cute little markets. Yeah. Do you do the like the cabs or mm-hmm. do you do the casino places, you know? We don't do, do that. We were them? we were providing for a few of the hotels downtown. Oh, the hotels. Mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Cleveland Clinic. Right. We had a few places we were selling to. Unfortunately most yeah. of those are shut down right now. Right. Um but we did have kind of a a reach as far as that went. At Case Western we we provide bread to mm-hmm. the Botanical oh, Garden, sure. the Commissary. Museum of Art. Yeah. Um, so lots of wonderful places that hopefully will start opening up soon. So it yeah. sounds like you guys have really like moved around to a lot of different like areas of business, mm-hmm. like Radio Shack, you know, uh, baking. Is it like the entrepreneurial? Oh, I see. Um, aspect well, of it? well, it's funny. It's a funny question. So basically, um, the reasons we moved a few times, my husband's career was he was focused on retail. Um, mm-hmm. investor relations and retail, which, as you know, retail is always kind of an industry that has its ups and downs. And mm-hmm. so, right. and there's frequent changes in upper level leadership. And so mm-hmm. things just, it just turned out that way that he would be somewhere and then something else would come along or there'd be like a change in leadership and then they'd want to change their whole executive team and that sort of thing. And we're also pretty open-minded about moving. I mean, I think there's pluses and minuses to moving as much as we have. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, right. we're not near family. That's obviously a minus, but the pluses are all the right. people we've met and the places we've been. Right. Right. And then this latest, um, you know, what we're doing now with Stone Oven Wholesale, it's really great. We, I also had um, a career like um, in, in uh, tech and in retail, and we've both worked in, you know, corporate situations. And so mm-hmm. I feel like some of, so our skill set from there, we've been able to apply to running our own business. I mean, there are some things that just helped us when we purchased the business to kind of make it a little more professional, a little more consistent in how some of the things were done. Um, we were new to food service and all that. So we had a huge learning curve, huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think some of our background kind of helped us make the transition that we did. Right. And we were very excited. I mean, it's a wonderful product. And so many people in Cleveland seem to love the bread. So, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's we're very fortunate. So tell, I asked originally, you you are not related to the people who started the bread business, correct? The we husband per- and we, wife. Yeah, we just you bought the it business from them. From them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They just wanted to focus on the retail, I guess, and they were done with the wholesale part of it. I see. Gotcha. I want to know what happened to the beautiful pictures that they had on the wall in their store. Some um, of them were in the in the Eaton location. In, in the Eaton location, they had some lovely um, pictures of so, so bread Eaton, and all of that. Actually, those pictures came down when the new owners of that cafe 
purchased it, which was late last year, I believe. Oh, okay. October, and so, I think. Yeah, yeah, so that's that. And those new owners, um, they took them down because they wanted to sort of freshen up the space. Oh, I see. So, okay. yeah. I live right across the street from the Cleveland Heights location. Oh. And, um, yeah. And I love that, like, double chocolate cookie that they mm-hmm. make. I, that's not you guys, right? Yeah, so I know they, they make wonderful pastries there, I agree. But we only we only make the bread. You we only just, do the bread. Yeah, we I love the bread we too. To stay, I mean, to I love focused. the sandwiches. Yeah, oh, good. I'm glad you like those as well. Yeah. So but. you two don't bake bread. You're not bakers. You're investors. Uh, well, we're we're like owner operators <laughs> because okay. we're, you know, we don't we're not there every night, you know, rolling and shaping the dough, putting it in the oven. And but we are hands on sometimes where, you know, we'll help pack all the products. We're there mm-hmm. most days working directly with our employees. But, you know, we have mm-hmm. professional bakers who are there every night. We have mixers during the day who are very well trained and so we're sort of overseeing everything we're dealing with all the customer issues with all the billing um with all the ins and outs of running the business but you're right we aren't hands-on like there every night working with the dough and baking it because Mm -hmm. we have professionals who are doing that right (laughs) right no no i'm just trying to figure out in the line where you guys are but we're definitely more than investors we are operating that business every day okay Sometimes the days just don't end because it's it's an almost it's virtually <laughs> right. a twenty four hour a day business. Yeah. Um, so which right. you know which you know obviously we're not up twenty four hours a day, but some days are longer than others. Well, and you understand the religious significance of bread. I mean, you know the whole idea of matzah and challah and all of that over yes. the is religious... there challah at the bakery or no yes yeah we make, make wonderful challah oh, it's yeah we make nice. the braided you challah. make yeah and you make a raisin challah that i'm in love with oh thank you i'm in love with it too it's so delicious <laughs> yes yeah so our challah is people again that's another thing we people tell us all the time how much they love the challah and yeah. it is a wonderful bread so i'm glad you enjoy it yeah, yeah. No, bread is life. I mean, yeah. there's a whole religious aspect to this. I wanted to Thank talk you. about the um, pandemic and how that's affected you guys, because I mean, a lot of businesses obviously are feeling the strain of that. I'm wondering, though, because you guys, you know, grocery stores are still operating and a lot of restaurants are still operating. Has it affected you guys that much? Yes, it has definitely affected us. Our business is definitely down. Um, even the grocery stores we serve, if you think about it, they don't have as many customers in the stores because of social distancing. And so that's been down. Um, we do have a few of our customers have, you know, just done really well with the, the takeout portion, but some of our customers are completely shut down because Mm -hmm. it just, it just doesn't fit their business model. So where can we find your bread? So you can find our bread at, um, Zagara's. In Cleveland Heights, which is near where you are, Rachel. Yeah, you can, I go there a lot. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. So we sell our bread there. Um, on the west side, we sell it at, um, oh, I'm sorry, in, in the Van Aken district, we sell it at Nature's Oasis, which is a nice. wonderful place. Yeah. Um, starting on opening back up on Tuesday is Picnic Hill Market, which is in um, right near John Carroll. They're a new cafe mm-hmm. and they're going to be selling our stuff. Um, Gallucci's, uh, which is yeah. in Midtown, they sell it. Um, and Astoria Market on the in Lakewood, they sell our product. Um, okay. 
And have I, I'm trying, my husband's here. Have I missed anything? Uh, of, of markets? Yeah. Well, um, Nature's Oasis on the west side. Yeah. So we're, we're available a lot of places um, around town, which is exciting. And um, we've been trying, we also have, we've had people now call us directly to, to buy bread from us because mm -hmm. it, they can pick it up from our house or it can be delivered to them. I have oh, one, nice. I have a friend who takes orders for Friday. She delivers bread to all her friends every Friday, which is wonderful. <laughs> so we're trying to find new That's ways nice. to get our bread out there. Yeah, it is really wonderful. Can you see the light at the end of the tunnel with the pandemic? Are you hopeful that like as things start opening up again or is it sort of a little concerning, you know, that this might last a little bit longer than we all hope? Um, well, I'm an optimistic person, so I do feel mm -hmm. like we're going to get through this and it's going to be OK. Um, you know, I'm the customers that we have are all uh, just wonderful and i'm hoping that they're the restaurants and cafes and markets that are going to make it through because they're just really good people and we're mm -hmm. you know so we're my husband and i we're just we're just really hopeful it's not going to be soon and it's not going to be easy but we feel like we're going to get through this and this will just be something that we'll think back on and hope never happens again yeah i hope that's true well wish you all the best and yeah. thank can't you. wait to eat your bread. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you again. You too. Thank Take you care. again. Thanks for listening to Cleveland Schmooze, a podcast produced by Rachel and Robin Rood. Tune in every other Friday to get the latest episode in your podcast feed. You can also find an archive of our episodes at our website, clevelandschmooze.com. And feel free to share any comments or suggestions to our email, clevelandschmooze at gmail.com. That's schmooze spelled C A. S-C-H. <laughs> That's schmooze spelled schmooze. <laughs> Perfect. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.